This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, my name is Kelly, and I run two sister organizations. One of them is called Impact Travel Alliance, and the other is the Culture Collective. And what I love about travel is that it helps you to expand your worldviews and make you a better person. The decisions you make on your trip have a lasting impact on the global community. Be it an elephant wrangler you want to add to your Instagram story or the hotel you choose to stay at, how can you align your travel itinerary to meet the UN's goals for sustainability? Today, you'll hear from someone who's putting this in the forefront of her actions. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Kelly, what's the most pressing global goal the UN has right now? (laughs) (laughs) Not to say like the whole thing, but you know, the- Forget 16 of them. Because, I mean, you know, they outline them for the, you guys work off of the global yeah, yeah. goals of the UN at the Impact Travel Alliance. So what's something that's, like, really, really pressing for the Impact Travel Alliance through these global goals? What's something that's top of mind right now? I mean, what I think is interesting about the global goals is that nobody really looks at them and thinks, oh, the travel industry could solve that. And when you actually start breaking them down you see that it does have a direct correlation. Um, Global goal number one is no poverty. Um, And so there's a direct correlation to using tourism as a force to help to solve that. Um, I was just in um, Nepal and um, there was a really great example there of how tourism is helping to solve um, the gender gap and empowering women over there. And you see countless examples of this that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, So I don't know that there's one most important one. I know that everyone has a favorite one. Um, not everyone, but I do because I'm a nerd. Um. <laughs> so if they're, I mean, they're all priorities, right? I yeah. mean, these things are what save the planet. So, you know, how do you manage to engage an entire global community um, around these initiatives? How do you get them to focus on one at a time and, and try to make impact, you know? So we actually, um, last year we launched this really cool initiative um, where we host multi-chapter events and it's events occurring in different cities at the same time and they are each themed by a global goal. Um, So our next one is um, later this month and um, we're focusing on sustainable cities and we're highlighting innovation in different cities around the world um, from here to Marrakesh to Kathmandu um, and really just talking about how tourism can serve as a catalyst to build innovation in cities. Some of our listeners may not be totally familiar with your organization, too. So let's talk about that, how it's structured and kind of how you got there to start it. So Impact Travel Alliance is a it's a nonprofit, um, but it's also a community for travelers and traveler professionals who are interested in improving the world through travel. And um, it's grown pretty organically just in terms of the growth we've had over the years. It originally launched as what was intended as being a one-time summit. Um, And then we've had a lot of energy and excitement around that. So in 2015, um, we launched our first chapter in New York City and have grown rapidly um, to more than 30 chapters around the world today. Amazing. So that's three years, basically, a little less. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. 
you know, do you find today as you've grown this organization organically, do you find that it's getting harder or easier to promote sustainable tourism and some of these practices, you know, given the global political environment, it's very fractured as, as the past three years have happened. How's it, how are your thoughts uh, on that subject? I think what's cool about thinking about improving the world through travel is that it's something that's so universally appealing. And so instead of talking about the president or administration or things like that, that there's different sides to the story. If you just say, hey, we could actually improve our world through taking a vacation, that's a very powerful thought. And what we're really focused on at ITA is talking about sustainable tourism, not in the context of visit an eco-lodge in Costa Rica or do a volunteer trip in Africa. We're focused on business and leisure travel. Um, and so this is something that is just easy little pivots that you can make in an ordinary vacation that make a big impact. And I think when someone realizes that, it's a light bulb that goes off and it's just an exciting idea that people really rally behind. What's an example of that? You know, what's an example of something we should be tweaking, you know, to, to try to make some difference right now? I always say that sustainability is a lifestyle that starts at home. Um, so if you're thinking about sustainability on your next trip to the Philippines, um, if you've never been there before, it can be hard to think about what your impact would be on the culture or the environment or the economy. But if you're already doing that in your day to day at home and thinking about uh, this is where my food comes from. Uh, this is my clothes and they were made ethically because they were produced in this place. Um, if you just start thinking about where where your things are coming from, what effect that has on the world around you, then that becomes secondhand nature when you're traveling abroad. Does that make sustainability a luxury, do you think? Or is it something that we all can have or choose to have? I, um, I've actually done a couple of interviews, which um, I think are really cool to tell people how, how you can do something that's sustainable and have it be budget friendly. Um, so there's actually a lot of travel hacks that you could do, whether that is a lot of hostels tend to be sustainable. Um, you also have platforms um, like Kind Traveler, which is you give a um, you give a donation to a charity and you get a discount on your hotel. Um, so there's interesting little things like that that you can do to make a difference that do have a large impact, um, whether you're on a budget travel or you're looking for a startup that gives you a discount because you're making a donation somewhere. Um, so it's all types of travel. And I think that that's a big misconception when you think about sustainable tourism because nobody thinks that they could it tends to be you either have to be a backpacker or you have to be luxury travel. And there's this sweet spot in the middle that could just be, I mean, taking a business trip to L.A. and you could have a sustainable experience doing that. And that sweet spot is, I mean, there's more people in that chunk than mm -hmm. luxury versus budget, too, you know. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested in hearing a little bit about the Culture Collective. How does that um, play into your work at Impact Travel Alliance? How did that get off the ground? So um, the Culture Collective is a creative agency that was born out of a blog. And I launched it originally um, after I graduated from college. And I, my first job, um, I knew that I wanted to work in the industry and I knew that I wanted to do something that was impactful. And I ended up landing a job in Uganda. So I spent a summer out there um, and launched the blog really just to, to stay in touch with family and friends at home. And um, after that, I 
backpacked around Europe because I didn't have a job. And I figured why not when you're out of college, it might be the only time that you get an opportunity to do that. Um, and so I came back to the States and all of my experiences in both Uganda and around Europe really opened my eyes to sustainable tourism and how you can have a high impact through an ordinary vacation. And I had no job and I had a lot of content. <laughs> so I continued to just publish that content online, um, realized that I had readers all of a sudden in Russia, never been to Russia, don't know anyone in Russia. So I was like, this is interesting, um, and slowly started picking up freelance clients in that way. Um, and that is how the blog launched um, and then eventually grew into a creative agency just because uh, I had clients that I was working with for content and then I was helping them out with their social media on the side, connecting them with other influencers and really um, building out more of my freelance work through doing retainer projects with them. What have been some of the best ways that you've worked with brands? You know, if, if someone's listening and they they are either an influencer themselves or they are thinking about working, you know, in this type of environment, what do you think are some of the tips that you would give them? For a brand? Yeah, for a brand working with an influencer or any sort of marketing, really. What's interesting, I think, about brands when they're working with influencers is sometimes they're just looking at the follower count and there's some talk about engagement and what you're getting from that, but there's not necessarily a conversation on ROI that's always happening. And so what I do, especially when I'm working with brands, is really explain to them or ask them what their ideal demographic is and then match them with a blogger or an Instagrammer or a traditional journalist who's reaching that ideal demographic. I don't think a lot of brands really think about they see something that has um, – 500,000 followers on Instagram, but if those 500,000 followers are all people under the age of 20 and that's not your ideal demographic, then it doesn't make sense to work with that person. Or they're bots and they don't actually exist, which <laughs> is a huge problem, right. you know? I mean, even some of the biggest influencers, you know, 5 to 10% of their followers aren't real, mm -hmm. you know? And you're talking about these are like big, real, you know, big celebrities, you know? So is, is there a way if a brand doesn't actually know who they want to target, which I know is uh, sad but true in a lot of cases, how do you help them find that? Is it Do you look and say, I think that, you know, 25-year-olds based on the East Coast like your destination the most or walk us through the process for identifying a demographic? A lot of brands don't always know who their target demographic is. I think especially in the travel industry, they're like, oh, any traveler, we target everyone and that's not a demographic do you breathe um, <laughs> we will take your money <laughs> yeah. not not the smartest move. so just thinking about that breaking it down um what age range um maybe it means that you want someone who is 24 to 34 because you're targeting millennials or maybe if you have a more expensive product that means you want a client that's a little bit older um, if you are a travel client, oftentimes I say focus on people in urban destinations um, because if you have a place like New York City or LA or even a hub um, like Chicago, you might want to target those specific areas in order to reach someone who would actually use your product and more frequently. So just thinking through it, I think is a big, a lot of brands don't know who their ideal demographic is. And so thinking through that and then Bloggers are pretty good about knowing who they're reaching. Um, so matching your audience with that client. 
And some of it also seems kind of obvious, like you could ask the traveler who's in your destination. <laughs> you could look at them, you know what I mean? And also, like, you have the visitor data, right? So you know where they're coming from in general. You know, you have certain demographic information in your data set, or at least you should as a destination. So some of it is there, but I imagine it's a lot of work, you know, to kind of go through it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a great time to, to take a break, especially because I'm so hungry. And Kelly brought us some snacks. Would you bring us today? I brought donuts. From... Donuts. Where are these donuts from? They're from a spot called Dunwell Donuts um, in Brooklyn, in my neighborhood. Uh, and they are they're vegan, but they don't taste vegan. I'm not vegan, but I think it's a cool trick that you can make a vegan donut that actually tastes like a good donut. <laughs> <laughs> Will the donuts make us vegan? Maybe we'll be converted. Know, they're like magic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's dive in. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B I Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest. Or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. These donuts are amazing, Kelly. Yeah, thank you for this. <laughs> I can't believe it's vegan. I can't believe it's vegan. <laughs> I can't believe oh, it's healthy. Man. Is it healthy? Yeah, vegan I mean, it, doesn't necessarily mean healthy, good. though. You know, we got to be careful with that one. Yeah. You can't just eat 12 vegan donuts and be like, yeah, sweet. well it is sweet all right let's jump into this yeah we've got the sugar high already happening Mm -hmm. so one of the things i've been thinking about recently is the way that when destinations are marketing their destinations the way that content matters you know what people are consuming really frames the destination and i'd be curious your perspective on the importance of making sure the content does hit that target demographic that we talked to in the previous segment, that, that your content is, is good and that you're attracting the right people, you know, because if you are, I use the example of like promoting tequila drinking on the bar, a certain type of person is going to come to your destination. So. Absolutely. I think um, what's special about sustainable travel is that anyone who is in that mindset is a very respectful traveler. Um, so they're the type of person who is, they're not littering on your beach. Um, they are perhaps going somewhere in off season. Um, and so you're avoiding issues like over tourism. Mm. Um, they're someone who's more interested in an immersive view into the, into the destination. And so um, rather than coming to New York, for example, and just hitting all of the main sites, it's someone who is also looking at the strand um, or, Danwell Donuts, um, mm. somewhere that's a little bit more of a local lens into that city, which is more unique. Um, and then that in turn attracts higher quality travelers as opposed to just a higher quantity. Well, is there, is there like a, if there's, 
say the desire for them to have like the spring breakers, you know, um, is there some kind of spin that you're able to help with saying like, Hey, you could incentivize maybe the, the DMO needs to look at their media plan and say your off season is actually when you want to spend more advertising dollars or, you know, we should do a campaign around this time to try to get people during your off season. Like, are there ways that you're able to help them frame how to best, best, uh, maximize the impact of the campaigns they're running through this or how does, you know, do they ever actually get to have this foresight or do they really, you know, maybe they want the people dancing on the table. Well, it's top, so much easier to do know? the quantity thing, right? Cause the yeah. quality, you know, is harder. You have to right. sub target and all that, but yeah, maybe it's the Trump people spend both. money. I don't know. <laughs> you, know but... <laughs> you know, I think there's so many verticals in media and there are so many verticals and types of travelers. And so if you can manage to reach each of them in a interesting and unique way, then it, it doesn't mean you're not getting the partiers. Um, sustainable travel doesn't mean that you're not going to have someone on a cruise ship. It just means that you should innovate that cruise ship so that it's better for the destination visited or it's better for the environment because you're thinking about the carbon or the issues around that and everything. Do you find um, that like when, you know, the objectives of the destination, they that they have them set are there ways that you've been able to take your insights from the Impact Travel Alliance and kind of imbue them into some of the work that the brands are looking for? You know, is there are there ways that you can build sustainable travel into their campaign? Yeah, I've done some some trips that weren't necessarily quote unquote like a sustainable travel experience and then mm. sometimes I go home and I write an article about it and I say, here's all the ways your experience is empowering the local community. And it's something that they didn't necessarily think about before. And then they're able to integrate that into the rest of their work, I think. And just in terms of saying, oh, just because we are going, I did a, a trip upstate last summer and we visited local farms and um, a distillery and a maple syrup um, factory. And so these experiences that were just upstate New York experiences, but because they had a local focus that was ensuring that the tourism dollars were staying in the community, that is in itself sustainable. And so when you start to think about that more immersive experience also inherently being sustainable, then that is very powerful because it's travel that applies to, to any type of travel and appeals to any type of traveler and also improves our world through something like travel. Yeah, destinations have so many facets too. You know, so maybe it really is just making sure destinations are encouraged to pull out the different facets and showcase them to the right communities. So right message, right time, right place, right channel, you know, and just trying to make it so that, you know, you on one hand you can have your spring breakers, and on the other you're gonna have people who are gonna go into the jungle and wanna see some sustainable communities or something like that too. And each one has their place perhaps. Yeah. And when <clears throat> I'd be curious about some of the dynamics for when you're working with a destination, is it are you finding it's a, a really different story from city to to you know region to country? Like, what does do the objectives really change broadly, or you know, does he, just get me people? Yeah, get me people here. Yeah, I guess it's pretty much yeah. always the same objective. But you know, what what's the di are there dynamics that you've seen from one place to another? It's a broad question, I suppose. But <laughs> curious. Um, that's tough. I I mean, I think. At the end of the day, a destination wants travelers there. And then when they think critically about it, they also want responsible travelers because you have issues in 
Barcelona, for example, where it's just too many tourists. And so you think about, do you want to avoid a system, a, a situation like over-tourism, then you need to think about responsible management. Uh, so then looking from destination to destination, if you think about not only the, again, not just the quantity of tourists coming in, but also the quality. And I think that that would be the the common thread from destination to destination. And to me, the highest quality type of experience would be a sustainable experience. Um, again, whether it's spring break or you're going on a business trip or you're going into the jungle, um, sustainable travel would just be travel that has a positive impact on the environment, the economy, and the culture of the destination visited. I also think it's interesting to see a lot of the regions finally starting to work a little better together, you know, because taking the Barcelona example, you know, if you're going to have someone who's going to spend 10 days in Spain and they decide to spend most of it in Barcelona, you know, one of the easiest ways is to spread the love a little bit, you know, try to encourage them to, you know, maybe go to Madrid for a few days or, you know, make that happen. But that only works if the regions collaborate, which traditionally they haven't because it seemed like the pie was only so big. So I do like seeing touches of collaboration happening where you can get people to come to a region instead of just one city, mm. but it's not easy. Okay. I yeah. think on that note, what's really cool about the Impact Travel Alliance community is that they are really eager and open to collaboration. And so we have um, we have local chapters all around the world and they're sharing best practices with one another. And so they're saying, this is working um, in Siem Reap. And so let's talk about how that could be applied to Sao Paulo or Kathmandu and look at these different destinations and figure out how they could collaborate and share their ideas. And the community is very cool because it is so inclusive and because they are so excited about collaboration. Yes. Yeah, spe speaking of the, the Impact Travel Alliance, could you tell us a little bit more about you know how the framework of the organization works. What are the what are the core initiatives that you're working on? So we have three core initiatives. The first of which are global conferences. We also have local chapters, and then we have a media network. And the chapters are really the heartbeat of our organization because they are the communities that are in these individual destinations, and then are a part of a wider global network. The way that the chapters work are basically through um, education, through hosting events that are focused on education and advocacy around sustainable tourism. And this, um, the way that we market all of these events are certainly marketed at a wider audience than just your typical responsible travel professional. Um, so we'll have an event like how to change the world through beer or how to solve um, ocean conservation through travel. And so they're really fun events that are engaging and dynamic and just get you to think a little bit outside of what you would typically consider to be sustainable tourism. That's so cool because then the destinations also have an easy kind of community to tap into as well. You know, these are folks who are interested in, in this topic and it kind of makes it a little more organic and easier to do. Yeah. Where do you, where do you want to take this? Where do you see the Impact Travel Alliance going? So the core part of our organization out of everything that we're doing is really focused on building this inclusive community. And I think within the travel industry, sustainable tourism is not a new concept, but it has remained a niche within the industry for a very long time. But by building a more inclusive community that is also reaching new audiences, then that has potential to really move the needle in terms of thinking about 
how sustainable tourism could actually be a core component of any type of travel and reach your average consumer. Um, so I always am asking people on our team, I'm like, that's nice that you want to do good from from traveling, but you have to think about the people, uh, maybe your mother-in-law um, just wants to go on a cruise or your best friend wants to um, just go on a vacation. You're not always thinking about how should I do something ethically? Um, so how can you make those ethical and responsible decisions just be secondhand nature for someone who doesn't care? Awesome. So when we get back, we're going to get to know Kelly a little bit more uh, on a personal level. Hey, everybody. This is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. So our first question today is coming from Nick. Love being chosen first. <laughs> Sorry, that means you're going to be last, though, John. All right, Kelly. So tell me a little bit about the you know the event series you started and how it became. How did you decide to start it? You know, when did you realize that that, that you wanted to do events as well as the community? Good question. Um, that's actually it's been a struggle to learn how to plan events when you're. That's like, why I asked. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's uh, hard. I don't think with events, people don't realize how much effort goes into them because if you go to a good event, it's a seamless experience. Um, and meanwhile, you've got madness ensuing it's everywhere like the else. Thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely been a learning curve in terms of the logistics of it, um, but it does get easier over time. Um, for me, my personal drive comes from wanting a place and a community that felt like a home for me within the travel industry because I don't quite fit into the traditional sustainable travel space and I don't quite fit into the mainstream travel side. Um, there's a little bit of this sweet spot in between um, where it's travel that is cool because it's off the beaten path, it's fun, it's immersive, um, but it also does good. Um, so it's not just always, again, talking about ethical travel and responsible travel. And I think some people, they tune out because they're like, that's nice, but I want a vacation. Um, so it's a, a sweet spot in the middle. Um, and by building this community, my focus has always been on building a home for myself. And I, I think that it's been very rewarding to have other people within the community who are saying they found their tribe, they found their home. Um, at our summit last year, it was really cool for me because we were at, um, we hosted at the United Nations and people were posting on Instagram and Twitter and they were like, oh my God, dreams come true. Uh, and so it was really cool to, for me to this to be my dream for other people to fit into the industry through that community as well. That's really cool. That's great. Very, very sweet, actually. Kelly, what was the first moment where you saw something in tourism that was negatively impacting the world? 
I think it's interesting being in the sustainable travel space in terms of you're constantly learning and and sometimes um, like elephant tourism is a big thing that people talk about in terms of um, you go to Thailand and a lot of people ride elephants and then um, you're just looking to get that Instagram shot and it's a really cool, epic um, Thailand experience. Uh, but then you learn after the fact that um, there's actually a lot of brutality that goes into these practices. And um, I just saw this these poor elephants in Nepal um, and they were being used for tourists to ride them and they only had, um, they were chained up and they only had about a foot that they could move back and forth. And so not only are they beat, they're beaten when they're babies, um, but then they're to be able to be trained to have tourist on them, but then they're cooped up for their whole life. Um, and they just shake back and forth, which is just the most devastating thing. And so I think that there's so many things like that where you just don't know. Um, someone who's riding an elephant loves elephants. Um, you're not doing that because you want to hurt the elephant. And then you have something like that, that you can realize after the fact um, that is harmful. Um, so even for for myself personally, um, Tulum is such a New York escape from the city and people think about Tulum as being the more eco-friendly and green version of Cancun uh, but there's actually a lot of pollution issues around um, and the sewage system is not worked out um, they have these parties in the jungle um, where you have like a porter potty and just not the right setup for that to be able to be sustainable for the rainforest that you're in and so I think that it's you have to check yourself and think about what your long-term impact on a destination is and then sometimes course correct from there whether that's saying that you're not going to be a part of animal tourism or you're not going to volunteer with kids i think that's another thing that is is hard to explain to someone that if they're working with a kid but they're not qualified to be working with a kid maybe you shouldn't be working with that kid um, so there's things that feel good that don't necessarily have a long-term positive impact. And I think that that is often because it's hidden is often the most detrimental part of tourism. Wow. Um, well, that is heavy and awesome. Um, just like very kind of insightful. Yeah, insightful. Everything you do has yeah. an impact no matter where you are in the world every day, every minute. Yeah. Right. Well, but I think that's definitely. like to pivot to a, happier huh. note <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's, i think it's that i think that these sustainable experiences are empowering and you do walk away it's the it's your most memorable experience when you're traveling somewhere um, it's where you have a serendipitous experience with a local and they say go to this coffee shop or go to this party and you have um a more impactful experience you know that your tourism dollars are staying somewhere you know that you're experiencing it and seeing that culture in a way that's respectful to them. And those are better experiences for the traveler and also for the destination itself. And that's really powerful to think about. Again, going back to tourism can act as a force to solve some of our world's most pressing issues. Yeah. And still makes for good Instagram posts. <laughs> well, Kelly, you're doing really great work, um, both with Impact Travel Alliance and Culture Collective. So how um, would somebody get in touch with, with you if they were looking to get involved? So if you want to get involved with Impact Travel Alliance, our website is impacttravelalliance.org. And you can just add a backslash get dash involved. 
Um, and there's a whole list of ways that you can get involved there, whether that's through our media network or our local chapters. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Impact Travel Alliance. Is there any way that you know somebody could get in touch with you um, about the the Culture Collective? Yeah, my um, I'm big on social media. Obviously, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's how I I make a living. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Travels K E L L E Y Travels, and um, shoot me a direct message, and I respond to pretty much everything. So. Well, you know, with all the, the topics we talked about today, is there, um, you know, a final thought that you'd like to share about either this, you know, your reflections on this interview, your experiences through both organizations, anything like that? I think the message that I would really want people to walk away with is that sustainable tourism doesn't have to be about ecotourism or voluntourism. It can actually be applied to any type of travel. And again, sustainability is a lifestyle. So if you start implementing these little changes and just thinking about the impact that you're having on the world around you, then those become easy to implement when you're traveling. And that has such a ripple effect on what's happening in the world around us. So it's it's powerful very quickly. And I think it's very inspiring to think about the fact that if everyone just did a little bit to change how they're traveling, then we could improve our world. Awesome. Thank you again for coming and speaking with us today. Um, yeah, it was awesome to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and for my co-host, Nick Vivian. Thank you very much. It's been swell. And uh, I'm John Matson. I'm your host, and uh, catch you next time. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.